the pre-roll going, you know? The pre-roll is my favorite part about the podcast because I don't have to think. I can just talk. True. I feel like uh, Steve Carell at the office, you know? I feel, I'm sure they handed him a script, but then in between, they were like, just fucking go for it. Yeah, I th- I, he's definitely one of those guys who would like, you know, go, go a little bit nuts. Have a little fun with it. Like, if you're uh, one of the five people that like look at the agenda before listening to the podcast... Uh, you will see that we have the soda game back on here, the first podcast game in what feels like, I don't know, like six months, right? Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, and so we did crack it open. Jacob does not know the flavor. I do. Uh, all he knows is that it's like, uh, what would you call it? Like a Mountain Dew green, maybe a little bit lighter? Yeah, a little bit like Kind of like Squirt? A little bit? Yeah, I think that's accurate. Squirt? Maybe a little bit clearer than Squirt. Um, I have not tried this yet, so I'm going to go ahead and take my first sip. And okay. so my goal for this is that we just casually sip on this. Throughout the podcast, and then when we reach the game section, I'm going to have you guess three times as okay. to what it is. Okay, we could do that. All right. well, I'll take a sip with you, too. Yeah, absolutely. While, so While we're at it, hold well, it on. It smells like Sprite. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> you go ahead and take your sip first because it can't be dead air. It's expensive after a while. You know? Okay. Wow, that's... Wow. Okay. Um, initial thoughts. Ooh-wee, that's fucking good. That's pretty... That? That's, that's, that's probably... I my, didn't think that'd be this good. Yeah, that's good. Wow. Um. Hold, hold up. <laughs> yeah, because uh, Gabe added this on earlier in the week. I think I was in the middle of a tour or of the class or whatever, and then I looked down at my phone because they were talking to somebody else. That somebody else had their attention. I looked down. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> well, because I was um, when I go out to PA every year, there's uh-huh. like a candy shop, right? And they do like teas, coffees, but like their main attraction is candies. Sure. And um, they have like an entire wall of like strange soda, and so I brought the what's the buffalo buffalo the chicken. hot wings yeah buffalo chicken. flavored ones mm-hmm. last year, and so this year I brought two more, but I totally forgot about them for like. What five months? Did I call it? Did I? I knew. I did know it, right? I believe you said. I, I think you said chicken wings. I don't think you said hot wings. But okay, you're right. close enough. Yeah, close enough in the ballpark. So, any any initial thoughts on this one? Uh, it is really fucking good. I might have to get it like it, a four pack of this. Yeah, it's like a it's less sweet, but it's not like overbearing. It's got a citrus taste to it too. Which, okay. Okay. So that's my immediate impression. Gonna, uh-huh. It is. Um, it's a lot creamier than I than what I thought it would be. I think I have an idea. Sure, we'll, sure. We'll get there when we get there, though. All right. Yeah. So, with that being said, do it, that thing. Gabe, I, I, I have to ask my question first. Gabe, are you ready? Oh, yeah. What is going on, guys? Welcome to the Second City Kids podcast, episode number 141. Can't believe we're at 141. Oh, yeah. And uh, oh, nice. That's, that's that soda. <laughs> that's that soda. Excellent. Was it as good as the second time around as it was the first? Yeah, I would say so. Okay, cool. Excellent. It gives me that velvety mouth feel. If you know, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, we are back on, I would say, a pretty nice night on the south side of Chicago, Illinois. Nice for November. Yeah, man. If you got a sunroof, let that thing down. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, I was outside a little bit earlier. to took a walk. But, yeah. Excellent. We are back. Uh, obviously, I am your host, Jacob. And today, I have Gabe, as always. Gabe, how was your week, buddy? Um, It was all right. I uh, kind of mentioned to you before we started rolling that uh, there's some new opportunities on the horizon, and sure. we'll see where we'll go with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's always good to kind of uh, start that next chapter in your life. Hey, Gabe, make sure you're talking to the microphone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm real bad with that. Uh, he caught me on uh, the other podcast doing that. Because I'm like, I know I know that noise. I'm like, it's Gabe not talking to well, the Well, because my issue is that like I like to face the person I'm talking to, Yeah. but I also have my computer screen to my right, so I'll look at it and 
double check the agenda or like read off some of my notes. Yeah. And so my face will be pointed that way. Yeah. Like the that. Mic, yeah. Just yeah. like that. Yeah. So interesting. interesting. I am guilty. Fair enough. But yeah, man, uh, that's good, man. So yeah, we talked about the opportunity as you know, my advice on the matter and hopefully you make the right choice. Absolutely. Uh, but other than that, uh, we do have a little bit of an awkward agenda in like a fun way. Cause I think there's a good variety of things on here. Uh, I have some game stuff to talk about. I got a review for that. It's been a while since we had a Jacob game review, right? I think this might be the second one this year. Something like that. It's been a while. I think the first one was an indie game. Yeah, I'm going to look into that, look back on that. But yeah, we are back. So let's go ahead. And well, let me get the damn thing out of the way. The so agenda. Can, yeah. Okay. So yesterday I drove up to Muskegon, Michigan. Muskegon. Say that times Mus- 10 times really quick. Muskegon, Muskegon, Muskegon. Anyway, Muskegon. it was three hours one way. Sure. And we drove up to see Steve-O doing his uh, bucket list comedy tour. Okay. Um, I just want to say that I got my jackass collection with all the movies, the show, Wild Boys, all the bad grandpas, the entire jackass compilation signed by Steve-O. Nice. And it is my prized possession at the moment. Um, Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> so let me tell you this. Um, you know, when I initially kind of saw that he was doing this comedy tour, I didn't know how well that would translate. Because I think two years ago, Wee Man, Pontius, Dave England, and Preston Lacey came to the bottom lounge to do like a comedy skit. I do recall this, yes. Uh, I didn't go to that. Mm-hmm. I don't think you did either. No. But um, I was like, well, fuck it. Let's get VIP to Steve-O. It's like 50 bucks and anything crazy. I'll make the drive out, right? Very cool. So we go. Um, and if you think you've seen Steve-O do nasty off the wall shit, trust me when I tell you, you have not seen him do anything nearly as wild or as nasty as some of the stuff he does on this. So the way it's, I don't want to give away too much because I, I genuinely think that it is, um, if he comes around to Chicago, you should see it because it is fucking awesome. Okay. I was like crying and I was cringing <laughs> and, um, it was a really good show. So just the general setup is he goes up there. Um, he has a guy warm up, warm us up for five minutes, kind of lay down the ground rules, no recording, things of that nature, blah, blah, blah. Pretty mm-hmm. standard. Steve-O goes up and he starts telling us about the story of his like recent life and what he's been up to. Sure. And so he starts uh, mentioning a couple things that he's been wanting to do that are on his bucket list. And now Steve-O, you know, he, he kind of says like, what's, you know, what's on my bucket list? It's got to be some crazy shit, right? Yeah. And so it is. Everything is absolutely wild. And the best part is it's in that familiar kind of jackass format that we know. So he'll go up there. He'll do the jokes, the kind of uh, the stand up, the ha ha's. And then he will supplement it with the actual clip that they recorded and edited it <laughs> for this bucket list tour. Okay. So when he, you know, it, it's not, he, they're not they are jokes, but they're not like fake made up stories or encounters mm-hmm. because he has video fucking ev- evidence for literally everything okay. that he's done on his bucket list. Okay. He brought his dog, Wendy. Oh my God. That dog is so cute. Mm-hmm. And dude, that's all I got to say. If he comes to Chicago, I think you should definitely check it out. And, okay. uh, it was a lot of fun if I'm being honest with you. And we see uh, a couple of the jackass guys make returns on a couple of his sketches but that's all I'm going to give you because I think that if you grew up on the Jackass MTV life like we did, uh, you're going to have a really good time at this thing. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that is something I would check out. Uh, I mean, I'm a fan of that type of stuff. You know me. Uh, the wife may take a little bit convincing, but it's not the end of the world. How did Maddie enjoy it? Uh, she loved it. She oh. she loves Steve-O probably more than I do. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Excellent. Excellent. All right. And this is also you, the, the second note we got. Okay. So um, I want to quickly mentioned that Northern Ghost is also for, from Columbus, Ohio. And that is just the hub of the hardcore world, right? Or for metalcore. Sure. Yes. Anyway, I was reading this article where there was millions and millions and millions of dollars poured into startup companies in Columbus, Ohio. And so mm-hmm. people are starting to think that it's going to be the next Silicon Valley. Really? I don't know if it'll be to that extent, but what are your kind of thoughts on this? 
Did were you the one that told me that Columbus or yeah, Columbus, Ohio is actually the swinger capital of the world? I don't think that was me. Who the fuck told me that? I think I heard that somewhere. Somebody said it, maybe like a band interview or something like that. Somebody who was from Columbus uh-huh. said that, yeah, I guess the Columbus is actually the swinger capital of the world. So, yeah, I guess. You're right. <laughs> Looks like we're going out east. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, um, that's kind of cool. Um, why, is there a reason why, a particular reason why? I don't know. I think it's one of those things where we saw, um, like, when we were growing up, when we were, like, you know, 10 or so Pilsen wasn't the best of neighborhoods, mm-hmm. but now it's like, if you own property in Pilsen, yeah, it's coming up. Yeah. You're, you're going to be cashing out in the next couple of years here. For sure. And I think that's kind of what they're trying to do. Okay. And so my kind of thought process here is, well, if Columbus is on the come up and it becomes this great kind of like tech city, um, are all the good hardcore bands going to go away? You would think so. Because, you know, part of, like even like a pop punk band, right? Part of what makes your music authentic and genuine is the shitty city aspect, right? I mean, we've known it through hardcore, through pop punk and everything in between, you mm-hmm. know? For sure. So just thoughts on that? I mean, um, I mean I'm mean, i sure they have, they still got stories from their childhood. So you always got, you always got those. So that's good. Um, I mean, I guess we'll have to wait and see. I mean, I guess it's kind of a long-term plan for Columbus. And I hope, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing if a, a city comes up, right? I think that's probably a positive thing. Yeah, for absolutely. The overall economy, especially with us, it's in the Midwest. If it's relatively close, you know, it's not like, you know, it might affect us in some way. My, my biggest beef with Ohio is just driving through it. There's nothing to look at. Well, that's like 80% of the Midwestern cities. Though, or, uh, yeah, states, no, to be I, fair. I totally agree with you. But yeah. um, I, I think just the big trudge is that Indiana's not too bad. Uh, but like Ohio is like a nightmare. It's yeah. just nothing, yeah. nothing at all to look at. Yeah, Iowa's the same way too. It was kind of like fucking kill me, Nebraska, fucking kill me. Yeah, I'd imagine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that the you know what is Beartooth gonna sing about now? Yeah, we don't know. Well, because Beartooth came out of there, Attack Attack. We'll count those as one band, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Northern Ghost. Um, what's their face that we did a review of this year? The uh, oh man, the guys that did the yellow wallpaper. Help me out here. Oh, uh, the Lost Boys Collective. Lost Boys Collective. Who else came out of Columbus? Northern Ghost, I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, That's tw- a few of them. 21 Pilots, surprisingly. Really? They came out of Ohio. Um, I'm sure if we like sat down and compiled a list, there'd be a shitload of bands. Interesting. Because, I, like I said, when I'm put on the spot, I can't fucking think about it. Fair enough. Interesting. Interesting. Excellent. So let's go ahead and get into this agenda, and let's talk about movies, TV, and books. So SpongeBob's getting a new movie. Yeah, uh, looks fun. Looks fun. And it's also getting a supposed spinoff on Netflix with that Nickelodeon deal we heard about last weekend. Yeah, uh, that's a little interesting. Uh, it's what, What's the animation style? What would you call that? Because it's not straight up at, like normal SpongeBob animation. It's it of, is uh, CGI-ish, but it lends itself very well to the SpongeBob theme. I don't hate it. Yeah. So uh, apparently it's like a like an origin. An origin story kind of a situation, I guess, where SpongeBob's a little bit younger and gets to meet Gary and all that fun stuff. So if you're a SpongeBob fan, hey, I mean, what other cartoon out there has has had the longevity of Simpsons. SpongeBob? Huh? The well, Simpsons. Other than them, yeah. But you know. well, both suffered the same fate, man. Those early seasons, phenomenal, memorable by all means, and yeah. then just kind of downhill. Fair enough. But hey, it's still around and still kicking and still having fans, still guarding a shit ton of revenue. I'm sure. I mean, they're still keeping them up, so there's a reason why, right? Absolutely. So hopefully that's cool. I mean, I might check it out if I get the time. Okay, so we at Charlie's Angels. Um, Correct. So it flopped. Yes. Um, okay, so I've seen a lot of stuff out there, and we're at the same spot we were, what, last year, two years ago with the Ghostbusters remake? Yes. Where people are like, well, you know, men aren't seeing this because it's an all-woman cast. Okay. Um, well, did, did well, you that, see it? <laughs> well, border, well, borderline... Um, 
Elizabeth Banks, who was the producer of said film of the the Charlie's Angels films, basically straight up said it like, yeah, this is why our movie, our movie failed, or her movie, her movie failed. It's like, well, let's look at this. Um, no, that's not why the movie failed. I think the issue is that nobody's gonna want to see it if it's a bad movie. Yeah. That's a big part of it. Um, and let's not pretend Charlie's Angels wasn't a thing. A couple years ago, they obviously launched it with Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and Lucy Liu, who were bona fide superstars. Absolutely. You have to keep in mind that the girls they picked this time around, one of them is as a star, quote unquote, depending how you look at it, Kristen Stewart, and the other two are virtually unknowns. All right. So Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and Lucy Liu were, had drawing power. So they're going to bring people to the theater, and they brought them at least enough to a point to have at least a sequel, right? Right. So it did well enough. It has nothing to do with nobody wants to see a female, you know, la, 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 bullshit. Because look at Wonder Woman. Nobody wants to see a bad movie. Yeah. My prime example is Alien. Alien is one of the most beloved both sci-fi and horror movies out there. Correct. Led by a woman. By a badass woman. Absolutely. Like I said, Wonder Woman. Shit ton of revenue. Made a ton of money. Tons of people saw it. Uh, Captain Marvel. Made a shit ton of money. Tons of people saw it. It has nothing to do with the the women-led cast. It has everything to do with the fact that I saw the Ghost, the new Ghostbusters movie. It sucked. Mm-hmm. It was horrible. It was not interesting. It was not funny. None of, none of the, those women in that movie are funny to me. This one... Uh, which is not exactly a comedy. I mean, I'm sure it has funny elements to it, but the part of the drawing power is the girls that are associated with the angels who are the angels, right? Yeah. That's, that's part of the deal. Farrah Fawcett, one of the most iconic, you know, uh, looks of all time, right? She was a Charlie's angel. And it's just, it has a lot to do with the fact that nobody asked for it. Right. I think they think kind of right its course a couple years ago. I, you know what? I, I got to disagree with you there. I, I'm, not saying anybody asked for it, but I do think it was maybe a good time to start considering another Charlie's Angels because I had totally forgotten about the franchise. And then when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, yeah, that was a thing. Yeah, for sure. I, I th- and I think, honestly, the big big thing is the girls they selected. I just I, I, I don't. Absolutely fair. Like I said, other than Kristen Stewart, I can't even name the other two. I don't. I don't. Know. Why don't we do a live action totally spies do you remember that show no i did not actually it was pretty much charlie's angels but in cartoon format okay fair enough so interesting yeah so i i don't i don't like this whole oh it's because it's a female-led movie it's got nothing to do with that it's got everything to do with the fact that you brought back a franchise now nobody really was clamoring for nobody really asked for it and you brought it back with people who garner less than a uh, positive uh review let's say i don't know but uh i think that's the big problem with it uh, i saw it uh, the trailer in theater and i told my wife i literally looked over and i'm like who asked for that nobody did so i don't know i just think it's a little strange and of course you know everybody who is involved with the film is going to look for reasons outside of the fact that it was a bad movie on why it didn't do well that's just the big thing people want to ignore it's like you're gonna follow whichever narrative you want to believe or whatever agenda you want to push but the fact of the matter if it's a good movie, it's a good movie. People are going to talk about it even after its release. Correct. Even if, if it's one of those cult films, people will still talk about how good it was. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, prime example, two films I love. Donnie Darko flopped in theaters. Terrible mm-hmm. fucking movie. But it has a very strong cult following. And mm-hmm. people are still trying to figure out what the fuck that movie was about. Mm-hmm. And the second one was Hereditary, Ari Aster's fucking debut film. Um, and like that's like one of the best horror movies in this past decade. I will 
it's not even a hill, but I, you know, I, I will die on that hill for the lack of better words, <laughs> because I don't think anybody would argue with me on that. Fair enough. So yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, tell Gabe. Yes. Adriana said, yes. What? I don't know. Okay. Well, what does she watch hereditary? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, so talk to me about Batman. So more Batman casting news. Oh uh, shit. Who do they fucking cast? They cast. Oh, um, I forget his fucking name though. This He's, is why we take notes. Oh yes. I forget his fucking <laughs> name though. Shit. And, and we thought I was bad with actors and yeah, actresses. Yeah, you are. Names. No, I just I, fuck. I forget his name. John Tutoro. There you go. Okay. John, he is playing Carmine Falcone in the new Batman film. So I'm with it. Basically, awesome. again, continuing the trend over the last several weeks, where the casting, maybe outside of Batman, has been pretty pretty good for this film, and I'm kind of with it. I think Batman's the only one that we're both kind of like, ee, like halfway on. We're not totally sold, but everything else has been good. Yeah, every, every, all the other casting news has been pretty fucking fantastic uh, so far from what we've heard. So it's shaping up to be a very interesting film. I love everybody who they signed on for it. So hopefully, you know, it, uh, it, it delivers when it's go time, you know? Absolutely. Good stuff coming our way. Absolutely. Uh, so we have a new Black Adam poster. Have you seen this? I have not. Uh, so The Rock is Black Adam, right? So that's something Love that it. yeah that we've uh, that I think we've heard about for quite some time. First poster came out. It is very um, illustrated. I'm gonna say that because it doesn't look like it's a straight up picture of The Rock in like the costume, but it's like a drawn version of it. Sure. It's pretty impressive. It looks good. Uh, I mean, I think The Rock is a good choice. I think if you want to sell a movie, you put The Rock in it. <laughs> You know, um, I think that's a very uh, wise choice on their behalf. The financial department. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. At, at the very least, you know, you know, it'll draw some money because the you'll rock. break even on what you spend on them. Absolutely. And uh, from what I'm hearing, Shazam in that universe is pretty well done on the DC front. Again, I haven't seen it, um, but I heard it wasn't that bad. So, you know, uh, maybe things are starting to look up a little bit. For them. Yeah. Me, hopefully they learn from uh, the Joker, Wonder Woman. Because once you got kind of a few good ones under your belt, you see what works and what doesn't, and we move forward with that. True, for sure. We make our own trends on this podcast. Absolutely, we do. But yeah, so that's good. That's some news. So actually, I saw a movie earlier today with my wife. It's a film called Instant Family. Have you heard anything about this? I have not. No, what is it? This was a movie with uh, Mark Wahlberg. He was him and his ah, wife. I know yeah, what this is. Yeah, yes. him and his wife. Um, they adopted or foster cared for these kids, a group of kids. Uh, three children to be exact and uh, kind of the whole shenanigans that you know comes along with that um, now when I saw this trailer in theaters I was thinking it was going to be more of a comedy mm-hmm. I think it definitely um, played itself yeah presented itself as kind of a funnier movie and it did have its funny moments don't get me wrong but what I did not see or did not um, quite expect from them is that uh, this movie had a lot of heart like a lot of it uh, it's just something I didn't didn't anticipate from them. So I sat down and I watched it with my wife. And like I said, the chuckles were there, and it was definitely had its funny moments. But it's also and it's also taking kind of a what's the, like a darker a darker thing from real life, you know, foster kids and how they kind of get treated and how the world kind of used them, and um, kind of makes it relatable and understandable um, and why the kids are the way that they are and um, how especially foster kids who are kind of tough nuts to crack because of the things that they have experienced in life that they've lived so far. And, um, you know, it's, it's a very interesting movie. Uh, I, like I said, I was surprised at the depth that it had, uh, did not anticipate, uh, for me to actually start to feel things. It could be me getting soft. I don't know. 
uh, being a parent and all, and all that stuff now. But um, there's some scenes with these kids. They're just like, wow, I, that's fucking that's that's wild. That's crazy. And um, they make you feel stuff. Um, there's definitely a, a couple of scenes that made me tear up, tear up a little bit because of how genuine it was. Excellent. Did you guys stream it or was this in theaters? Yeah, it's on Hulu. It's on Hulu right now. So if you got Hulu, it's there. Um, and uh, just everybody did a great job. Mark Wahlberg did a great job. I forget the lady's name again. I'm I'm, I'm bad. You turn it into me. Yeah, and uh, I think her name is um, the young the younger girl. Her name is Isabel. Marner, Moner, she's uh, she was actually Dora from the Dora, oh, Dora movie. Good stuff. But um, she had she has like great range and she like naturally charismatic and just pops off the screen. So I think we could expect big things from her coming up in the near future because she really kind of blew me away with this performance. And overall, the movie was a great time. Um, and like I said, it had a lot of thought and um, well done. Just well done. So overall. it has your blessing, your recommendation. Yes, absolutely. I would definitely recommend this film. Um, and yeah, it was, it was good stuff. So if you haven't seen it again, it is on Hulu. So please do that. Um, it's very, very cool. Good stuff, sir. Let's move on to our next segment. Wait, before we go. Oh yeah. Go. yeah. Uh, have you been keeping up with the Mandalorian? I have not. I haven't even started it. Interesting. Uh, because, um, yeah, because every time I look up, look it up and hear about it, people are doing like episode by episode breakdowns, and I'm like, is that how people like want to digest this, or is this something that everybody wants to see like the overall narrative and then you know talk about it after the fact? So if you haven't seen it, obviously we're not going to go through it because I don't want to you know spoil yeah. anything for you. I have been keeping up, fucking fantastic is all I'll say. Good stuff. So uh, that's probably something we'll do when the series is completely out. I'm yeah, sure. I guess let us know on Twitter if you guys want like a weekly breakdown of the episode. I'll yeah. catch up. Yeah. Um. If that's what you guys want to see, or if you want to wait till it's done and we do our big analyses that we like to do, absolutely. Um, let us know. Absolutely, that and uh, extremely easy to digest these thirty-minute episodes. Like they're just you want more, and I think that's probably the highest praise you can get from a series, right? You Disney knows what they're doing. Yeah, they want us. They want more. And by the way, Favreau behind us, fucking fantastic. He just Disney and Favreau just have this like agreement where disney provides the crack and Favre just sprinkles it and so when we consume media then we're like oh yeah and we want more absolutely so yeah let us know on twitter that's a, that's a very interesting thing I'm, I'm genuinely curious on people's opinion on that good stuff now can we move on to gaming yeah i guess good stuff so last week i said we're going to come up with some games that we want for potential nintendo switch ports and remember this is just stuff we want this isn't rumors yeah. or guaranteed or anything like that did you come up with your list i had a few off the top of my head like i for you i got no mercy wwf no Ooh, mercy oh yeah naughty. Pulling out the big guns on that one. That's a big one for me. I would love to see that. Obviously, uh, Donkey Kong Country, you have to, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to see it. Even if it's, I know it's not an N64 port. I know it was on the Super NES, but I would love to see that repainted and remastered up and looking beautiful and sharp. Sure. Well, I just kind of open it up to any ports. I'm sorry if I peeked the mic. Um, <laughs> so it, does, it doesn't have to be a Nintendo system. Absolutely. Boom, she'll just smack my nose. Um, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, so Donkey Kong Country is a big one. I'd like to see a, an updated version of Punch-Out. I think that'd be kind of cool. That'd be excellent. Yeah, that's a big that, one. That might be a thing. Don't quote me on that. Really? Maybe not the updated version, but I know the classic is out there with the, if you have the Nintendo Switch Live. Uh, so that's one. Obviously, Castlevania, those first two, or the first, I guess the first four, I guess. Yeah. The first four Castlevanias, I would love to see those ported over. I think that'd be great. And um, Ghosts and Goblins, man. Dude, I, my when I was a kid, the dentist I went to had the arcade cabinet for Ghosts and Goblins, and I would just put in work on that bitch. That's fucking, that's one of the hardest games of all time, so. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's just a big middle finger. <laughs> um, here's my kind of list um so i got golden eye on here i spoke about uh how there was whispers in the air whispers. last week um and then the next two are the next four are just kind of layups for this podcast because if you've been listening long enough you know what i want uh mortal kombat one through th- one 
two and three ultra okay on a singular cartridge mm-hmm. or you know on a digital download ultimate ultimate i'm sorry <laughs> uh shallon monks yeah layup yeah uh pro skaters one through four yep uh undergrounds one through two yeah any of the Metal Gear Solid games, any of the mainline entries, especially those early like PS One, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You could totally port that even over. Absolutely. Um, these next ones are kind of questionable. So Medieval, I know that's a Sony property, mm-hmm. but I I think it would translate very well to the Switch, at least the original version. I haven't touched the remake yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chrono Trigger, that's that's a good one. The Silent Hill Collection, because the Switch needs more horror games. Sure. Um, and then I got some interesting stuff. For these next three. So these next three are Nintendo games. Uh, Super Mario 64, I think, is the one everybody wants. I'm surprised we actually haven't gotten a, a re- redo, a redux of that even. Yeah. Uh, then comes one of my favorite Mario games, uh, Yoshi's Island 2. That's the one I probably spent the most time on collectively over the years. And then Mario Kart Double Dash. Double and Dash. So That's a good one. Here was my thought process in all this, right? Because I would, I would argue that most people agree that Double Dash is the best Mario Kart. Um... And I was going to put Mario Party, one of, like, I believe four on here. But I was thinking, like, if we got Switch ports for Double Dash and one of the earlier better Mario Parties, Mm -hmm. nobody would ever buy a new Mario Kart or new Mario Party ever again. You're probably right about that. It would probably be a detriment to Mm -hmm. Nintendo. That Oh, I'm surprised you didn't put uh, Super Mario Sunshine on there. That would have been a good one, too. Yeah. But that was just kind of, you know, I was like, I was typing it up and I was like, well, shit, I know for a fact that. If they put Double Dash, I personally would never buy another Mario Kart. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah, th- those that's kind of my list, man. Metroid um, Prime. Metroid Prime, yeah. Um, some of these obviously have licensing issues. Mm. I just thought um, out of, like, my PS1 days, my Game Boy Advance games, and just kind of, you know, over the past two decades that I've been here, what would translate well to the Switch? And Absolutely. I think the Tony Hawk games would do great. Yeah, I think... Uh, if Activision never lets up. Well, you know how that goes. Yeah, that's that's a good list. I like that. That was a fun little fun little game to look back on. Yeah, I like that. That's good stuff. All right, what's moving, up next? Moving along, we got some EA stuff to talk about. Oh yeah, do your review. Well, let's. Well, you want to talk? Do you want to do the review first and then talk about the whole scenario that I shared? Yeah, do your review and then we'll talk about the video. Alrighty, so EA put out, or I'm I'm gonna fucking do this the right way. Respawn Entertainment put out go. a game called uh jedi fallen order all right it came out two weeks ago at this point i think i believe so um and i finally got through it and i played it and i just want to say that um i just want to give respawn entertainment proper love because they've done an excellent job with this ip all right and um i think they have done a great job of telling a unique story in the star wars universe i think a lot of people including myself uh, looked at it and saw it as kind of like a force unleashed kind of a reskin. Yeah, yeah. Kind of a reskin. And that I told you even before the game came out, I'm like, it kind of scares me because it does kind of look like that to me. And I will say that I was 150% wrong with that, uh, that assessment. Uh, gameplay wise, it is silky smooth. All right. People are calling it dark soulsy. I wouldn't say it's that hard, uh, but it definitely has a layer of difficulty that if you are not prepared to, and don't properly think of a game plan when you are encountering a group of foes, even if they are the basic big bitch stormtroopers, that you can die. All right, and that will happen. You have to use your brain. You cannot just run in and do crazy force power moves and get out of the way, much like the Force Unleashed. All right. Um, 
so like gameplay wise, it's great. They have some great. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Storytelling. Uh, well, I was talking about more about the gameplay um, mechanics. Yeah, but I'm talking about like wall run. The, oh, gotcha. What's the fucking name of that? Parkour. parkour. Yes, thank you. Uh, the parkour kind of elements to it. I think that they have actively made the choice to go out there and explore different corners of gaming. And they're like, well, we like these elements and we like this elements. Let's combine these things and make them unique to us. Right. So I talked about Dark Souls like combat. Right. It does have a little bit of that as far as like the wall running and the parkour. It has a little bit of Uncharted with it, a little bit of uh, Assassin's Creed mixed in there. And uh, progression wise, again, kind of Dark Soulsy, but maps wise, kind of Metroid Prime, uh, you know, Castlevania kind of a feel to it. And uh, a lot of uh, backtracking, but in a good way where it doesn't feel like it's a grind to have to get through that. It's a fun and interesting to explore the world that they have created. Now, uh, as far as like design, it's a beautiful game. It is fantastic. Now, again, I mentioned this last week on the podcast that I did have some performance issues. Apparently, I am not the only one. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, you know, maybe the game is not as... Um, optimized. Yeah, optimized as it should be on release. But from what I understood, Respawn Entertainment was kind of rushed uh, when it comes to the completion of the game. So I forgive them for that. Um, there is... Load times are a little bit longer than I would like them to be. Um, you know, a lot of uh, texture popping in and out. Again, I'm not going to be completely upset at them for it um, and apparently there's a patch coming down the pipeline to get that fixed so that's good news on them uh, they've painted a beautiful world man um, there's art they are planets that um, we have seen before um, that we get to explore Kashyyyk being one of them we've seen a little bit of that throughout multiple variations of the the Star Wars universe um, uh, Dathomir uh, I haven't I mean I think I know they have a little bit on like um, Clone Wars. Yeah, Clone Wars and Rebels and stuff like that. They show a little bit of that, but we get to explore it uh, this time around. Very interesting. Um, there's a lot of great little things. A new planet, Bagano is one of them. Um, they talk about, um, what's it called? Um, some interesting Inquisitor stuff. They go into some of that. And all, it's, it's, it's just a great job. The lightsabers, just kind of being able to manipulate them and change them. And maybe not in the gameplay sense, but you'd be able to kind of customize your lightsaber and get it to look how you want it to look. And that's kind of awesome. Right. And um, Respawn Entertainment has proven once again that you can make a single player focused game and be and have it be worth the $60 of emission. Right. That is um, a $60 game, single player worth it how, how often do you hear that nowadays yeah it's it's, it's definitely interesting thing and storyline wise i was completely intrigued all the way through uh, there's some moments in there i was like whoa and it kind of had me like my mind blown a little bit it, have you stayed away from spoilers from this? i have not seen anything on the game i'm okay. probably gonna wait for a sale okay fair enough that i get that um there's some really good moments it's some really great writing and it's actually about like relationships and dealing with issues and uh maybe ptsd about certain events that have occurred in your life and finding people taking different ways or approaching it to get over such incidences and stuff like that uh very interesting story between padawan and master um and kind of guilt survival's guilt in some ways when it comes to these things it takes place five five years after order 66 order 66 so um yeah the, the story was great and i was totally intrigued and like i said any backtracking they make you do didn't feel like a chore um and yeah, man, overall, I, I love this game. They did a fantastic job. And uh, Respawn is, should be commended 
for their performance and the the work that they've put in because so far they haven't put out a bad game. I mean, I know they were varying levels of success financially, but um, this one is a success in every sense of the word. I think their sales are doing pretty well, and um, they created a wonderful world and expanded on Star Wars lore without making you feel like you're just this indestructible force machine like you did in like the Force Unleashed as, as an example because you did feel like that like nothing could be like you couldn't be bothered by anything you're p- fucking pulling scar- star destroyers out of the sky you're not that you're not that powerful here but by the end you feel like the character is a um what's it called a valuable capable. A cap- there you go that's a capable Jedi Knight and uh, I'm with it man I loved everything about it and uh so far you know I think it's probably the highest score I've gotten in the game this year I'm, I'm going to give it a 9 wow all yeah. right I'm going to give it a 9 and I, like I said, I wasn't really anticipating like going to enjoy it that much, especially that first hour. I'm like, eh. you know, a lot of the performance issues became distracting to me. But after a while, I just kind of blended into the background. And that was it. Awesome. I'm glad to hear that. So with that, you did send me a video earlier this week by What Culture Gaming about a, I guess, theory, you would call it, because we have no kind of concrete proof about how EA wanted Fallen Order to die. Yes. Um, and so the general premise of this is, uh, and we advise that you go watch it. They, the, Yeah, they did a great job, actually. They did a great job. Mm-hmm. And so the gist that I got from it was that there is no heavy marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the cool parts of the game, like the interplanetary travel and stuff like that, was not mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was released sandwiched between, was it Modern Warfare and another big game that's launching soon? Uh, yeah, but that's what, yeah, that's what those are the big ones. Um, what do you think about all this? I think, um, there's definitely correlation between these things. I don't think they're completely making this stuff up. Yeah, I got to agree with you on that. And it was an excellent observation because, I mean, I don't think either of us really like sat down and like thought thought about it. Yeah. Uh, you might have because you actually have hands-on experience with the game. Uh-huh. But, um, well, I think what, what culture was kind of insinuating was that EA wanted this game to die because then they could show the stockholders and people like that. Like just look, the, like, just the, the gaming community as a whole. You know what I mean? Yeah, and they could be like, look, n- really, nobody's interested in a single-player game yeah. that we can't put loot boxes Yeah. But um, I hope this game sells well, mm-hmm. and I hope it shows them quite the contrary. Yep, because obviously uh, Respawn Entertainment did not get the memo on that. They made themselves like a high-quality game and put love into it. And um, yeah, because even I, when you brought it up, you're like, man, that, that Jedi game is coming out soon. I'm like, I didn't even know. Because you're right, the, the marketing has been very, very little, if any at all. You know what I mean? And um, that's a shame. That's a, They should be ashamed of themselves for that. Even if it's not true, even if it's just pie in the sky and we're just making shit up, they, I still, it still w- went past me and I consider myself a hardcore Star Wars fan, as do you, right? And I don't think it's right uh, for something like that to kind of get past our our radar you know what i mean i think there's something wrong with that picture absolutely so um and it's just the way that ea has been treating the franchise and i think they're in a position where disney said hey fix fix your fuck-ups and so they were i don't know maybe they had their arm twisted into making this single player story driven experience that they put respawn in charge of yep and uh like i said respawn did not get the memo because they knocked this out of the park they really did excellent glad to hear that but um yeah, check that video out on YouTube. Like I said, that's what gaming, what culture gaming. Yeah. Um, and they, it's like a 17 minute video, but it just keeps you on the hooks the entire yeah, time. They, they, they do they, a phenomenal job. They definitely broke it down and made you. They, they had you convinced by the end. You're like, yeah, I could see a lot of that being being a thing. So EA with their shady business practices continuing to be the evil empire. Anyways, 
Moving along. Stuff. Did you put this on here or did I put this I on did. here? Okay, because sometimes I'll like see that something's on the agenda and I'm like, well, I heard about this. Did I put this or did you put this? <laughs> yeah, I put it on here. All right, fire away. So basically, um, they have like a, a blueprint of the new DualShock. And it's a patent, by yeah, the way. Yeah, a patent. And basically, looks a lot like the old one. <laughs> um, so a couple of changes, slight changes. Yeah. Uh, the angle in which the, I don't even know what to call them, the, the grips mm-hmm. is just slightly different. And they are slightly fatter mm-hmm. and deeper mm-hmm. than what they are currently. Yep. But I think the biggest change is the removal of the light bar. Yep. Um, other than that, it's the same old PlayStation controller we know and love, I guess. Yeah, for the last 20 years. But yeah, basically, yeah, um, it looks a lot, very much the same. I, like you said, I think they made it a little bit bulkier. Um, and I think they also changed the triggers up a little bit. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, this is this, the same. It's the same stuff it's been. <laughs> I like the PS4 controller. Mm-hmm. I love my Xbox One controller. But I think my biggest issue with the four controllers right now is the battery life. It is hilariously bad. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Because <laughs> I I'll throw on some Netflix, and by the time like the movie's over, <laughs> yeah, the thing's like low battery, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding? Why me? do you think I have fucking six rows of yeah, I mean, rotation over w- here? <laughs> you know what I mean? But I I just think that they could have honestly kept the same exact controller, but if they said, hey, bigger, better battery. I think it would have sold like hotcakes. For sure. Especially if they're making these controllers like retro compatible, like supposedly the Scarlet is. Yeah. Easy. Easy peasy. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. So, yeah, it's like, you know, typical Sony with the remote, slight modifications, but overall nothing nothing too crazy. I think the biggest change we ever got in a PlayStation remote was the addition of the joysticks, the joysticks from, yeah. from the Gen 1 PS1 controller to the Gen 2 PS2 controller. Yeah, that would be the biggest change, I believe. Because they overall... I still have my PlayStation 1 controllers, by the way. I have Dude. one... I still have my PlayStation 1, period, and the mm. memory cards. Nice. But, uh, remember, yeah. Remember the archaic idea of memory cards? Remember when, like... <sighs> well, you know, I was going to bring this up. Um, We'll do it for podcast games. I'll, I'll jot that down. Okay. So, so stay tuned for, like, five more minutes. Interesting. interesting. Um, okay, so Half-Life uh, is coming out with Half-Life Alex Broke the internet earlier this week. Yep. It is a VR game. Um, It looks very good. Um, And they're trying to push the Steam Index, which is their VR headset. And this game looks to be free if you have the Steam Index. Okay. Um, well, I'm just glad that Valve totally didn't abandon one of its most loved franchises because how many times have you heard Half-Life, Half-Life 3? 3. <laughs> every day or every year at E3 for the last 15 years probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not a true Half-Life 3, not a true sequel, but uh-huh. it is more content for a franchise that is beloved. Uh, and I'm glad that we're moving forward and maybe, you know, maybe one day we'll get a three. I'm still waiting for Left 4 Dead 3. I fucking love that franchise. For sure, for sure. Man, what's up with threes? Some of these franchises can't make it past three for some reason. That's so mm, that's a strange. Yeah, thing. Valve can't, can't not count past two. Apparently. All right. Good uh, stuff. Um, so, did you see this at all? No, I did not. Okay, so uh, Google Stadia launched earlier this week with mixed results. <laughs> um, some people are saying it's absolutely terrible, and other people are saying it's okay. Yeah. Um, and it's not as hot as Google thought it'd be. Wow, big shock. Yeah. So Who called with, that? <laughs> with the announcement of that, uh, Amazon said that they're doing their own game streaming service. Uh, and everybody wants in on this now, right? And I think at the moment, um, there's no clear winner with streaming games. Uh, that being said. Definitely not the consumers. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, what do you think about this? Because um, there's a couple theories I have in my head. I have... I take big issue with companies that are not inherently involved in like gaming. stay in your fucking lane yeah. right inherently involved with gaming trying to step foot in the gaming even sphere. Google as well yeah Google falls in the same category Apple falls in the same category uh, you know these people that- and you know what's absurd uh, 
Apple is still cheaper per month than like Stadia is for like the membership. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I don't know about the whole streaming games thing. We've talked about that. I think it's too reliant on like internet network connectivity. Yeah. Well, even people that have like 300 megabytes down per second, they're having like latency issues. So it might not even be like your connection. It just might be Google's servers. Horrible servers. Well, to be fair, they probably purchased like two because nobody bought the shit. I mean, let's let's be real. Um, But yeah, man, I mean, I think I'm looking forward to this project or this fad in gaming to die. I'm pretty excited for it, to be honest. I don't think it's going anywhere, at least in the next five years. I don't think, but my thing is, I don't think people outside of the gaming sphere is going to revolutionize that. Yeah, revolutionize that yeah i think somebody like nintendo sony microsoft or one of their sub companies is going to come out and do it the right way yeah maybe in the next decade yeah and then everybody's going to follow suit yeah but like i said apple and and google are not the not the people so here's my follow-up question for you right amazon and google are both very big players and just in general right sure do you think google rushed their product because they knew amazon had something similar in the works probably yeah yeah Probably. Um, also, another kind of um, strange idea: if this Amazon streaming game streaming service is bundled in with Prime, um, that'll be interesting. My question is, is: is bundling stuff with Prime is that even financially viable after a while? Wouldn't you think it's a problem? Well, because they used to bundle Amazon Music with it, and then uh-huh. they took away a whole bunch of stuff, and now for the full unlimited, it's like eight bucks a month. Yeah. So it was there, then they took it away, and this and that. But I think the the thing is here, right, is that if you get users. To come in, right? Like for something like Smite or Warframe, something that's like free to play, you want a daily user count and you want user retention, right? Because mm-hmm. the initial thing may be free, but they're going to spend money on whatever the fuck it is that they spend money on, right? And Correct. Smite, it's the Founders Pack or skins, and Warframe, it's skins or whatever it may mm-hmm. be, right? Mm-hmm. And I think if it is bundled with Prime, I think the idea is like, here's like a game for free, like, uh, I don't know, maybe not Minecraft, but let's just, for the sake of argument, let's say Minecraft for mm-hmm. free, right? And it's like, well, uh, if you want another game to stream off our service, here's um, Red Dead Redemption for 60 bucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I'm sure Amazon would buy, like, the licensing rights, the distribution rights, I don't know, mm-hmm. and they would get a chunk of every sale that they make. Yeah. Because that's the way I'd imagine, you It's know? just starting to get so muddy, though. Like, I don't know. I can't, like, my little brain can't handle it, I guess. I hate products and services as a service model. Mm. Uh, streaming movies is one thing. That makes sense. Streaming games, nah, dude. Maybe in our lifetime, not in this next decade. And I, and I, like I said, I think it's just, it's just I, don't, I don't understand who it's marketed to. Yeah. Cause well, because like, if you're a gamer, you're going to buy the console. Or have a PC. You know what I mean? Like, Precisely. These things are geared up for... The particular thing that you're doing. Yeah. Wow. Let's focus on perfecting one thing first. Let's get VR right and like I like you know like maybe not perfect, but like an eight out of ten. Yeah. Where it's easily accessible and it's done very well, and like most people have it, maybe. Perhaps. Perhaps right. And then let's move on to the next big gaming thing because I feel like VR is getting to that point where some of these headsets are getting cheap. Yeah. There's more games coming out, this and that, and we're getting to that point where. Maybe most gamers will have a VR headset. Yeah, I agree. But now we're pushing the agenda of streaming games because a monthly subscription is what the fucking business model calls for. Absolutely. I don't like it. And uh, hopefully, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward for it, it to die. Good stuff. So uh, I'm going to read you off some of the Game of the Year nominations for the... Uh, who the fuck does it? 
is it the VGAs or is it the Dice Awards or what is it? I believe it's the VGAs. Okay. Um. Okay, so here are the nominees. Uh, there's a bunch of categories like best narrative, best game direction, best score music. Hey, Gabe, speaking to the microphone. Um, <laughs> yeah, speaking about best score music. Yeah. So I'm just gonna go for like the general game of the year. Mm-hmm. Um. So first nominee is Control by Remedy and 505 Games. Um. Yeah. Apparently, it was like a sleeper hit because I didn't see anything about this. I, but I feel I, like everybody's I, talking about it. Okay. Number enough. two, no surprise, Death Stranding by Kojima Productions and SIE. <laughs> yeah. Um. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate by Bandai Namco or Nintendo. Um, it has longevity, man. You you cannot doubt that. Yeah, but it's not. But my my issue with it is is it it's just like a um, it's like saying um, like old like Mortal Kombat three is this isn't the same thing as Ultimate Mortal Kombat one. Eventually, it's the same fucking thing. But anyways, sure. Along. Um, it's just content that's different. Really. Next nominee: Resident Evil two by Capcom. I forgot about that. I thought I forgot that came out this year. Yeah, that is a great fucking game. Yeah, I know. I know you love it. Um, Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice from Software and Activision, and then The Outer Worlds by Obsidian and Private Division. That I've heard a lot about. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good stuff about that as well. Interesting. So those are the general nominees. Um, I think it's I dude. I think Death Stranding just made the cutoff, honestly, because uh, it's usually decided Q4, right? Like late yeah. Q4. Yeah. And so, uh, interesting assortment. I don't think some of these are surprises. I I, I think I already know who's going to win, though. What are you going to say? I the think, stranding? Yeah, just due to the the name attached to it. I mean, like how how just for like gaming culture as a whole, how sweet would it be for Hideo Kojima's next project after getting fucking slapped around by Konami to be like the game of the year? You yeah, know? I got my money on Resident Evil too. I mean, I, I could see that happening too, and I wouldn't mind it either. But I like—I just saying, I just love the story. I would love the story that Kojima got the underdog, got, got, got the guy kicked. on top, got kicked out yeah. of the castle and got, worked his yeah. way back up, got kicked out by Konami. And yeah, I think Death Stranding is in this weird position where there's just too much kind of—I don't even want to call it controversy—too much like division between the. Uh, the gaming community that's all it is man you know like not everybody's gonna go yeah that was the best chiodos album (laughs) (laughs) it's such a weird and quirky game and just like some of the weird shit like the the some of the ad placement is just hilarious to me it's just what like i said i got my money on resident evil 2 because resident evil 2 is the best thing since resident evil 4 and that's a fucking accomplishment. Yeah. And now we got rumors about Resident Evil 3 Nemesis around the corner. I've heard that too. Yeah. So um, clearly, if we can get the same quality of game as the Resident Evil 2 remake, these things, Resident Evil is going to be back on top for horror games because this remake scared the life out of me. Well, from my understanding, um, 7 Biohazard wasn't bad either. It was pretty good from what i i heard so it's not like uh, it fell off i mean obviously people have mixed opinions about six i think that's like the low point of mm-hmm. the franchise but five was cool you know it was less horror but more and more actiony but you know it was cool and like i said six kind of got panned slapped around a little bit but seven brought it back from what i understand and um uh, good stuff but like resident evil 2 is the like quintessential i agree resident evil experience you I know agree. what i mean mm-hmm. i agree so you should pick that up if it's like 20 bucks on black friday bro i can't I, t- I told you about this though I can't. Why? I'm terrified of it. <laughs> Dude, I was playing with my surround sound headphones on, and it was the part in the police station. And I'm walking, lightning strikes, and a zombie smacks the window, and I jump out of my fucking seat. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, yeah, I need I, to walk away for five minutes. Gabe, my life is going to be short enough as it is. I'm not built for a did long Did I tell life. you about my one buddy who he bought the game like right around the same time I did, and he played it with his windows open in the middle of February? 
with the lights off and the windows open. I was like, I was like you fucking psychopath. Unless he's trying to bring a fucking channel of fucking dark energy yeah, or something. Yeah, right. Or you fuck around too much and the zombies will come through that window. Uh, right, for sure. Oh, we actually skipped something. What do we skip? Ubisoft's nightmare. Oh, yeah. What's what's Ubisoft? Did, did you hear anything about this? No. Ubisoft sales for this year? Downhill. So 93.8% down. From, what the fuck? From last year. So, yeah. They're, they're getting it in the teeth. And they have a bunch of studios, do they not? They have like four, five maybe of them. And I don't imagine very many of them being being open for much longer. Because I think uh, Montreal and... Uh, <laughs> I think Montreal's the only safe one at the moment. Yeah, it would be the Siege has been doing great. Yeah. And uh, that's why a lot of these things got pushed back. We talked about that. Quarantine, Gods and Monsters. Like, these games got pushed back because it's just... They're hemorrhaging money right now, you know? And uh, a lot of these... Uh, you know titles that they strapped their name to or strapped it on the back to kind of carry them this year did not and um, i'm i'm calling it right now they got an ace up their sleeve splinter cell and they're gonna drop it hopefully as a single player ah, now you're asking too much but that's the problem well, again this just fucking formulates the or drives home the point that when your whole th- um when your whole entire game plan to make money is wrapped around loot boxes and all the other stupid bullshit and it don't work. And they're trying to turn everything into this like RPG shooter thing. Yeah. They ain't going to work. Like with Ghost or Wildlands and The Division. Ghost, the Division, Ghost Recon, yeah. um, Odyssey, The yeah. Last Assassin's Creed. Yeah. That was very RPG-esque. Yeah. Um, let's get these games back to their roots and don't fuck with Siege because that's the only thing still bringing in cash consistently. Yeah. I, like I said, I, I think that number doesn't include siege due to the timing of mm-hmm. it all but um yeah that's that number is is a scary scary number and hopefully they're starting i mean we've been saying it for fucking months at this point but hopefully they're starting to take a look in the mirror and realizing that maybe this wasn't such a great idea <laughs> good stuff you know what i mean let's get into these podcast games it feels weird to say that again yeah so the first one battle of earth strange sodas um so we've had what like 40 minutes to kind of sit on this yep i got uh, an idea okay i got uh i know what it is so i'm not gonna guess you got three guesses to get it right. Key lime pie. Oh, no, but we're really fucking close. Really? Yeah, like scary close. You're not going to give me credit for that. Uh, it's uh, it, it's the same. You want to take another guess? Uh, well, I was like, my guess, like begging on that one. You are like atrociously close. What is it? What is it? What is it? It is lemon meringue pie. Ah, son of a bitch. Yeah, I told I, you. Oh, you were like scary close by... Uh, Melba's fixins, lemon yeah. Murray. You know what it, what what it was though. I think if the color was more yellow, I probably yeah. would have subconsciously guessed that was. Oh, I didn't think you'd get that damn close. Yeah, because it was oh, pretty no. close. Because it was citrusy. Uh, it had kind of creamy, got creamy cream mm-hmm. soda kind of vibe to it. So yeah, I think key lime's a bit more tart. Yeah, you're probably right about that. But uh, that yeah, that was too. like grossly close. I'll give you credit for that. That's yeah. like that's. Man, I don't even want to say that's within the same ballpark. That's like almost uh, on the same base. Well, to be fair, I drank all of it. Yeah, I did too. That shit was delicious. That shit was real good. Yeah, so I'm glad Ooh. this one panned out a lot better than the fucking Buffalo one. Yeah, because I don't think I finished that one. I think you did. I yeah. don't think I don't think I finished it though. But yeah, that was that was fun. You said you got another one for us next week. Yeah, so uh, I'll bring the other one next week and we'll rock and roll. So another game that quickly came to my mind when you mentioned it. Um, Battle of the Retros I've been meaning to put this on forever What do you think is more retro in your opinion Memory cards for your system Or games with two discs That you gotta switch over Because I think both are excellently retro You know things like Final Fantasy 7 come to mind Metal Gear Solid Metal Gear Solid 
Yeah. What do you think? Well, I, I know a couple of modern games do do it. I believe Red Dead Redemption 2. Maybe I might be mistaken. Well, I downloaded that digitally, so I couldn't tell you. Okay. But, yeah, I know uh, some games still do the two discs. Yeah. But what do you think's more retro, man? Memory cards or, or the dual discs? Because I feel like back in the day, dual discs were way more mainline. Um, well, I think the memory card because I think it, now it's just like an absurd thought process with like everything that we have. That, <laughs> what do you mean I got to buy an extra yeah, dongle? Yeah, like it's just a, it's just an absurd thing to think that, well, what do you mean? Memory, memory, should, come, memory should come with it. What the fuck? You know what I mean? And um, I remember when like I got the PlayStation, PlayStation 2 because I didn't have the one. I had, I got the PlayStation 2 and my brain like melted. I'm like, what? My games don't Why save? Why do I got to restart it every oh, time? Yeah, my games don't save. What are you talking How about? How long did you play without a memory card for? Not long. Not long. I think I played my PS1. Probably a year. Uh, I think I played like two years before a memory card. Oh, wow. And, um, and, you know, granted, like some of these fighters I loved, it didn't matter because yeah, it, it came unlocked with most of the characters. Yeah. And some of the, like I had like a crazy like roller derby, a couple racing games. It didn't matter for those. But I did have Final Fantasy VII sitting on the shelf and I was like, I can't. I Like I know I can't do this in one sit. Yeah, no way. It's possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that's a, that's an interesting a little thing. Interesting memory. Yeah, memory cards are. Well, mine was uh, yellow and black. Oh, that's tight. I had the the PlayStation Gray. Oh, okay. It, and you know it was advertised as PlayStation Gray, but when you plugged it into like your PS One, at least the PS One I had, it was slightly lighter, like a couple shades lighter. Want to hear something strange? Sure. Uh, actually, my very first memory card because my my mind just got fucking activated brain blast yeah i had a yeah basically my first memory card actually came with software where i had to put a disc in first that is crazy and then it booted up the memory card and the memory card's like oh what's up but then i was able to take the disc out and put a new disc in that's wild yeah so it was like it was like its own program like i pro put a program on my console to remember games well the playstation 2s had a uh, a wave there of people running linux on it Mm-hmm. So that's pretty wild. The PlayStation 2 is a powerful system. Yeah. I think my favorite part about the PlayStation memory cards as a whole was that when you saved something on the memory card and then you went through the system to look through the memory card, it had the little icons little and they logo. would like little dance around. Yeah, the little logo. Them. Yeah, well, there was like games that were like, why the fuck is this game so big? Delete it. Like that shit, that type of shit happened. There were some tough decisions made back in the day. Absolutely, because those things were what, like 512 kilobytes? Yeah. Eight eight megabytes at the most, I think, dude, was the yeah. one. Well, I, maybe for the two, yeah, not for the one, yeah, not for the one, yeah, yeah, for the. So I remember, like, what game was it where I'm like, yeah, I gotta let this go. We we gotta take L's here. Yeah, yeah, something's gotta go. Fuck, maybe I was maybe from like one wrestling game to another. I'm like, okay, I got the new one now. I don't think I have to play the old one. Anymore. Man, I bought one for the OG Xbox because that had like onboard memory. Mm-hmm. But my nephew was like, dude, I think I was like ten, and he was like six or. Five, something along those lines and so when i wouldn't be home he would go into the memory and he thought to boot up the game you have to click on the save file and delete it and so after like months of this crazy abuse i bought a fucking memory card and whenever i had like an important save file i put it on the memory card okay. and i took yeah. it with me yeah and i was like dude this is unbefucking leaveable. <laughs> like, you know, and I played Knights of the Old Republic was like my big game. Mm-hmm. And so I had save files with like 40 hours on it. Mm-hmm. And he would just fucking wipe them clean. Damn, dude. Yeah. That's wild. So, wild. Battle of the memory cards. Down memory memory card lane, huh? Yeah, interesting. Interesting. It's coming from the same guy who has a tech deck by his side. Absolutely. Gabe keeping it, keeping it real. Good stuff. Let's get into music news and reviews. Excellent. 
Okay, so, so we don't have an album this week, but we'll find one maybe before the end of the year. Maybe. Uh, if you want us to review your album, fucking hit us up on Twitter. Yep. I'm pretty active. Jacob's pretty active. Yeah. Um, Activish. <laughs> yeah. I check it a lot. I just don't tweet a whole lot. Yeah, we're, we're kind of silent. Yeah. Uh, which is bad for podcast hosts, I guess. But Yeah, it is what it is. Anyway, if you have an album um, that you want us to review, either your band or somebody else's band, preferably came out in the year of 2019, let us know. Uh, tweet at us or send us the DM and we'll review it and we'll try and get around to it. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, I am like over the top ecstatic for this Mm -hmm. because you know, I still have my shirt from like 2010 Mm -hmm. that does not fit me anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, scary kids, scaring kids is coming back. Yep. With Cove. Cove Reber, formerly of Sayosin, and also of Dead American. Is that the name of the I name? believe so, yeah. Uh, Dead American. and They're doing The City Sleeps in Flames. Yeah. 15-year. Holy shit. 15-year anniversary <laughs> tour. Woo, hey, daddy. Just, yeah, Gabe just took a fucking uh, blast from the past right there. Um, So they're doing a couple dates in the southwest. Cali, Texas, Arizona. Um and they're doing the album. They're doing a couple of other fan favorites. I imagine Faces, Snake Devil, mm-hmm. um, and a couple of other good stuff. For sure. Um, so for those of you that might be younger to this uh, scene, Scary Kids, Scary Kids was a post-hardcore band out of I believe California, California somewhere. Um, and they kind of maybe per- mayhaps. Yeah. And they sent kind of shockwaves through the community because they did some interesting vocal work, some interesting mm-hmm. guitar work. But this was a band that was plagued by, um. Bittering, bitter arguing amongst themselves. And then in 2014, when Tyson Walker, the lead singer, died, that was the like official yep. disbandment. Yep. Um, but, you know, <laughs> some say it goes back to like 2012 and 2010 because there is a missing third album that we never got. Sure. What do you think about this whole situation? I think it's cool. Uh, I'm just waiting for fucking Drop Dead Gorgeous to get back together. That, that would be great. I would love to see that. Can we get that too while we're at it, please? Can we get uh, Texas in July? Ooh, fuck. Why are you saying Can that? Can we though? get um, This or the Apocalypse? Yeah. Bands that went away too soon? Well, Hawk. Hawk is technically This or the Apocalypse now. Yeah. But still, uh, yeah. there's a lot of bands I miss. For sure. And I like saw this pop up. And uh, dude, I swear to God, I called it on this podcast, didn't I? I think you have. Yeah. I think it was like late last year. I was like, dude, Scary Kids, Scary Kids wiped everything from their social media and changed their profile pic. Like they're up to something. Yeah. And so um, fun little story of how this started. Cove did the cover of a Scary Kids, Scary Kids song. And the guys in the band were like, well, we didn't even think about getting this back together. But like when our manager called and he said, hey, do you guys want to bring the band back together? They're like, yeah, but Cove has to sing. Yep. There's no way we're doing this without Cove. Yeah, Cove, uh, Cove's been uh, friends with them for quite some time. Obviously, when he was his time in Seosin, they I think they've toured together quite a bit. And he's filled in for a couple of Warped Tour dates yeah. in 2009. Yeah. Well, there was they were doing that rotating cast. They had a couple of vocalists come in to do some songs, Craig Mabbitt being one of them, Craig Owens being the other. There was a few of them that, that hopped on stage for them. And uh, yeah, man, I think it's kind of an interesting thing. And like I said, maybe we could see some uh, older bands come back. Hopefully make this a little bit of a fad. Because I think, um, especially like scaring kids, scaring kids and stuff like that, that's like a untapped res- like resource. Because I feel like they never really hit like as high as they can go. And then, you know, no way they had a they had a strong following. Yeah. It wasn't a big following. Yeah, but I think they could have been bigger. I think if, oh man, and there's so many good bands that came out of the the Arizona like Phoenix Tempe area. Mm-hmm. I I still like stand by it that if like the blood came back, Psh. it would be mayhem. If like Psh. job for a cowboy came back, mayhem. Like there's so many good bands that came out of that mm-hmm. area. Something about the desert, man, pissed some, you off. Yeah, something about Columbus, Ohio. There, there's something in the water in Columbus, Ohio, and there's 
an absence of water in the desert <laughs> hey, man. in Phoenix, Arizona. All we know is that water is a fucking problem. <laughs> yeah. So I might have to take a Friday Australia off. is fucking surrounded by water. And we had a lot of great metalcore <laughs> bands come out of there. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I might have to take a Friday off and fly down to Arizona for that reunion tour because this band's very important to me. Boston's still trying to get tea out of there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, we had Davey Muse drinking Tea Harbor water. <laughs> and then he said, yeah, I want to be in Van. That's the 300-year-old tea party thing that he's still trying to get rid of. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. So, so this is the part where we make a joke about Flint, Michigan. Oh, no. Oh, man. Yeah, Shit. we're going to have like black well, metal bands coming out of Flint, <laughs> Michigan. <laughs> anyway, Scary Kids, Scary yeah. Kids coming back. SKSK. I never thought I'd see yeah. that be a thing again, but I am super excited. Uh yeah and yeah man i'm just James excited I, i'm excited dude i love this band and Excellent. i'm glad i called it I, i'm glad something came out of it yeah i love seeing we these do that a lot though on this, on this podcast though we do a lot of like that. with star wars yeah like with shit what was another thing that we called well we've talked about um just tons of stuff that actually came to fruition after a while <laughs> yeah i think we before like it we it came to fruition we talked about um Scary stories to tell in the dark, and like there's a variety of stuff that we've talked about prior to. Yeah, man, we're just uh, gypsies. We have premonitions. Mm -hmm. We, I don't know, maybe we just spend too much time with the things we love, and we see where it's going. That's most likely it. Yeah, <laughs> good stuff. Um, so I have a little bit of news. Ooh, speaking of which, before oh, but before we continue on that, and this is totally unrelated to anything we have previously talked about, but I actually did call something too, talking about spending too much time with the things we love. The White Sox made a signing this week. Oh, great! And, and I literally said the day before. To my mom, I'm like, we need to sign. we need to sign Yasmani Grandel, and she's like, seventy three million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! What? I don't even like sports, but yeah. seventy three million dollars. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. So, and I said it like the day before, and I told my wife. And uh, after it happened, I'm sure like, yeah. Shit. I called her. I'm like, oh yeah. By the way, remember that hey, player? You owe me twenty dollars. Yeah. I remember that fucking player I told you the last time. Signed? Yeah. Well, guess what? We just fucking signed him. So I named three other players. I'm like, watch. These are next. So if that happens, I think I'm gonna be burned at the stake. But we're not gonna get into that. Quick little segue from that. When I still frequented Top Cut Comics, um, the Yu-Gi-Oh guy there, their main Yu-Gi-Oh guy, Gigi, there was a card called Cyblocker. It was a monster card. And so once per turn, you could call the name of one card your you know, you thought your opponent had, or just any card in general, and your opponent could not use that card for that specific turn, right? Mm -hmm. But it was kind of like a guess game. Yeah. And so he was telling me the story of you how to know he, your opponent too. Yeah. yeah. He said he had a, um, it was like a finals match, and he had three prohibitions, which were like spell cards continuously stayed on the field. Same thing, except you don't get to change the card every turn. And so those three premonitions were like, um, like shit that could deflect attacks. And then he had two side blockers out in the field, and he called exactly everything his opponent had just based off, like, you know, just fucking cold turkey, like a cold call. And he's like, well, I think he probably has this card in this card. And so he called him right, and he won the fucking duel like that. <laughs> and, and his opponent was like, dude, you cheated. You knew I had those. He's like, no, man, I just made a really good fucking guess. <laughs> I mean, I think you kind of, if you think if you're like, well, you that, know what the staples yeah. are. Yeah, if you're that well versed in the game, you kind of know, like, okay, if he got this, then he's probably got that, too. I mean, when I was in the scene, I knew exactly, even like decks I didn't run, I could probably tell you 90% of what was in that deck composition. Because mm -hmm. that's usually a, what a deck recipe is it's 90%, and then whatever staples you think you might need. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, uh, so Bleed From Within, a band that uh, we covered last year. Uh, shout out to those guys. I think they're from Scotland, the UK. Uh, Australia, <laughs> maybe Australia. Anyway, they uh, replaced uh, Parkway Drive. 
Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> and so they tweeted something. They tweeted a date, 1129. So this Black Friday, for all our U.S. friends, um, expecting a single and maybe a new album announcement. Hmm. Super excited to see where their sound goes from this. Um, as it's going to go they, the, the way of ire, like <laughs> Never mind, never mind. I'm not going to manifest that into a real thing. I'm not going to do that. Uh, let, let me get another Deep Blue or yeah. like uh, Wild Eyes. Atlas or something. Atlas, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, not to say that they're riding off the coattails, but I am excited to see them carve kind of their more niche and personalized sound. Sure. Because when the last album came out, everybody was like, this is what the last Parkway Drive album should have been. Yeah, for sure. So I'm excited to see what comes out of them. Stay tuned for that. And we will have an album review when that thing comes out. Absolutely. Well, because I like that album a lot. A yeah, lot, I think that lot. was I don't think it made your top five that year. It but was I, just outside of it, though. Good it, stuff. Yep. Alrighty, so speaking of things to talk about and things to potentially go to, We Canvas Romans got a little tour coming out, right? Celebrating the 10-year anniversary of To Plant a Seed, which was their debut album. I can't believe that's been fucking 10 years. Don't get me started on that, because I remember when that came out and it was brand new. Um, Maybe we should do a 10-year review of that, a retro review. I think... Yeah, We Came As Rumors doesn't get enough love on this podcast. Sure, we could do that. I think it's a good album to do it on. Yes, we could do a retro review of We Came As Romans to plant a seed. We'll actually do that for you guys next week. Boom. So, uh, yeah, they announced a little tour starting. Yeah, Gabe was all confused. He's like, starting in Chicago and ending in Michigan? I didn't know they were from Michigan. Yeah. They, uh, <laughs> I thought they were like out of Cali or something. Nah. But. They, just, they do got the California kind of cool kind of vibe to it. But anyways, uh, so, yeah, they're going on tour. Obviously, they are headlining to, to play, to plant the seed all the way throughout. And I'm sure a variety of other songs uh, featuring the Devil's Prada. Awesome. Gigantic Gideon, which I we just saw together. So that's interesting. And Dayseeker. So uh, playing at the House of Blues. I, I believe Dayseeker is above Gideon, too. Actually, I thought it was the other way around. I thought Gideon was above. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll find out when the tour starts. Yeah, because uh, Adrian's like, can we go? I'm like, yeah, we can go. So <laughs> Easiest decision of 2019. <laughs> For sure. So uh, that will be happening in March. Uh, now we'll be taking the day off that day, and I, we will be going. So that is part of the plan. And speaking of which, another dumb thing I didn't put down, uh, Bad Omens is on going on tour with Thousand Below. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, uh, good, good um, chemistry. Yeah. Of music, good I don't fit. know if they get along, but good fit. Yeah. yeah, it's a good fit. They're playing the Beat Kitchen also in March. I think it's like a couple days later, so we'll have to make a choice there. And I'm fine. We can't have that, so we're gonna make a war. Yeah, it was, I'm just saying. Alrighty, so um, yeah, so it should be a, a fun little tour, and, and uh, yeah. And I did mention it earlier. I do want to bring it up again because they've been kind of quiet, and I have not found their Twitter yet. Northern Ghost did tour earlier this year with uh, Glass Hands from Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, they did, I think, like a 12 stop mini tour mm-hmm. um so i'm hoping 2020 is the year we get new northern ghost because i put on the album the other day on the way to drive to michigan and oh my word that thing is still fucking great it's still tasty still tasty three years later very good very good yeah that was uh whatever they decide to drop something that's going to be up there up there on the list i am sure of it all right so was that the podcast game i think that is what they call a podcast jake all righty so thank you guys for joining us for episode 141 of the second city kids podcast we will see you here next week for episode 142 and uh yeah oh and, stay tuned because we got a uh, year-end wrap-up right around the corner that's, that's coming up very quickly very quickly indeed and uh you know gabe talked about it. we're gonna review to plant a seed by we came as romans for next week's podcast uh to get a little bit of love for the retro review Alrighty, folks. If you have nothing else for me, I have nothing else for you. This was the Second City Kids podcast, and deuces. Ah, mouse click.
Thank you guys for joining us this week on the Second City Kids podcast. You can like us on iTunes, Google, anywhere else podcasts are found. Any comments, questions, or concerns, you can email us at secondcitykids at gmail.com. Until next week, folks, deuces. Deuces.